Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Welcome back, everybody, or welcome to Gardening Naturally. Um, Beautiful day today. A beautiful day today. Going to be one of your last chances to get out in good weather and sunshine Good temperatures, no rain. We need the rain, but it'll be a great day to be working outside, whether it's in your garden or taking care of landscape or just sitting in a hammock. So uh, go out there and enjoy it if you can. Let's go to the phone. This is Rebecca. Rebecca, what can I help you with? Hi, big time fan. Thank you for sharing your knowledge. I have some weeds in my yard that are really hard to get rid of. It's a long vine, and it's about, I don't know, 36 inches long at least. I try and cut them at the base. They have spikes on them. They're really mean and heart-shaped, narrow leaves. I don't see any flowering. I try and cut them at the base and try and pull them out, but they're really difficult to pull out, and I don't know how to get rid of them. Yeah. Um, gosh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm at a loss for the name of them. I get these two. They have a mottled leaf, heart shape, and these sharp little spines up and down the vine. Where I'm getting them, I'm fortunate in the fact that I'm able to weed eat or mow them. So I can keep them cut way back that way. I have not been pulling them because of the spines, for one thing. And a lot of times I'll pull, and the vine will break without pulling the roots out. So that gets to be kind of a kind of a pain. Um, so first of all, what are they? What's the, the name? It sounds like you know what I'm talking about. And I wear gloves when I'm trying to pull them, and I cut them at the base and pull up the um, the stems from the ground as much as I can. It's a battle, though, because there's more of them than me. Right. Okay. It is called Smilax, S-M-I-L-A-X. And there's several different versions of it. It also has a common name of green briars. It is literally the briar patch. That's what you would see growing in a briar patch. Now, that's uh, terrible. It is really something that's difficult to control. Now, it has benefits to it. Um, it, it it can make a nice tea, and it's also it, it, it it's also known as sarsaparilla, not the sweet drink, but that is a name for it. But if you look up Greenbriars or Smilax, 
you can find uh, things to try to use to get rid of it. Um, gloves are a definite because of the uh, spikes. You know, you don't want to cut yourself up. But it is a, a pretty deep um, the word I'm rhizome. So if you're going to try to pull it up, jam a garden fork in the ground next to it, fairly deep, as deep as you can, and pull the garden fork back to loosen up that soil. That way, when you pull on the plant, you can get the rhizome to come up also, kind of like you would do for okay. nutgrass. You have to get all of it. But yes, it is a pain, and, and it's attractive. The real problem with it is, is it produces a red berry. Guess what? That's the seed. So you oh. need to make sure if you start seeing red berries, you want to get out there and cut those off as a minimum. And what time of year would I see the berries? Usually later towards, well, they would have already have showed up. So if oh. you're not seeing them now, you'll see them again. Uh, early spring, sometimes they'll pop out, but you can also see it late in the fall. Okay. I missed that window then. So maybe March? Maybe. Just keep an eye on okay. where they're coming up. Like I said, that red berry is bright red. You will not mistake okay. it on the plant. You see those berries, get out there with your gloves and cut those stems off with berries on them, throw them away. Okay, great. And so our best time to use the garden fork is after it's rained and the ground is nice and soft. So I'll try that. You bet. Well. You bet. That's, that's my schedule for this week. If we get some rain, I have some more plants I need to get out, and they're going to come out a lot easier when the ground is somewhat soft, and I can lift them out that way. Well, thank you, and enjoy your show, and Happy New Year. Oh, you too. Thank you for the call, Rebecca. Good luck with this plant. It's a miserable one. You can win. You really can. It's just a pain. You got to put in some effort for it. Um, I was asked yesterday um, about greenhouses. And there is a, a greenhouse company in North Austin. They build what they call European greenhouses. It's uh, just um, just on the north side of Pflugerville. It's called Exacto. E-X-A-C-O, Exacto. These are magnificent greenhouses. They're engineering wonders, they're works of art, they're really, truly beautiful, and they have greenhouse tours. 
If you look up their website, exaco.com, you can take a virtual tour. You can uh, see their schedule for when you can go out and actually see one. These are these these are really awesome greenhouses. They're almost conservatories. They're so beautiful. So that's what uh, that's what I was. Um, referencing yesterday and i hope that helps check out their website they've got really great really great selection of things and it is truly local business so that's a good thing now they also have a ton of gardening supplies from everything from compost bins and compost tumblers to tools, things like that. So check them out. They they have uh, arbors, covered patios, all kinds of things. They can add a green room. Good place to check out. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, I don't know about the rest of you, but... New Year's Eve, so I suppose y'all are getting ready for parties and things like that. I know I'm getting ready. I picked out the pair of sweatpants I'm going to be lounging in this evening on the couch, and uh, I got big fluffy slippers, so I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go for tonight's celebration, and... I got the softest ones I have, so I should be pretty comfortable tonight. Not heading downtown. No, thank you. I'm going to have enough of a problem, probably. Have to stay near my uh, water hoses because we have a neighborhood that just wants to blow things up all day long. If you have dogs, man, they're, they go crazy in our neighborhood from all the banging and noise. Fortunately, the ground is still pretty damp and the humidity is fairly high. So that reduces, reduces, but doesn't eliminate the risk of fires. It's always kind of a... I would say tense, tense situation when uh, it's the first because the neighborhood is exploding everywhere and everyone is worried about the the dry weather. So, guess we have to to live with it. You know, 
this year, uh, my wife and I have always raised monarchs when we can. We have a fair amount of uh, milkweed growing on our property. So when we get monarchs, we bring them in and help encourage them to grow until they uh, come out of the chrysalis with butterfly wings. Well, last year, we had a whole bunch of Dutchman's pipe, and we were amazed at the number of at the number of um, caterpillars we had, just a zillion of them. And so we started collecting them to get them to go and become chrysalises and turn into butterflies. Well, there was something we didn't realize until we started getting chrysalises that they can turn, they can come out of their chrysalis and become a butterfly over as many as six months. How do we know that? Well, this morning we had one come out of a chrysalis that we had uh, put aside. We created a little uh, paper towel container that allowed it to stay in there. And this morning we had a pipevine swallowtail on our window inside the house. We didn't expect it. We didn't know it would be there. But it's been six months or more since they became a chrysalis. And that is that is how that particular butterfly spreads out during the year to make sure they've got plenty of opportunity and for the fact that they are such voracious eaters. I mean, they will strip a Dutchman's pipe to the ground in no time at all. They're actually uh, carnivores and cannibals. They will eat each other for food if necessary. Well, this morning we found we had one that decided to pop out, caught it in the house, checked it, make sure it was okay, and uh, we're going to release it. And it will go find someplace uh, to... We have more pipevine, so hopefully it'll find some and uh, be able to eat. We've got plenty of plants with nectar. We think that this is going to be one that's going to try to overwinter. So that's going to be one of the first ones in the spring. We still have two more in chrysalises that haven't appeared yet. So... Uh, we're hoping to be surprised. It isn't freezing, so we don't feel so bad about letting them out right now. They can become dormant's not quite the word for it, of uh, kind of dazed is a better word for it. 
until it warms up, till they get some sun on their wings to get their blood flowing. So it's not a bad idea to let them go at this time. They'll be fine. And funny, we were out looking at our Dutchman's pipe last night, and it is coming in strong now. We still have some growing. It's doing well. Kind of expect it to be a burst here if we actually get some rain again. But it was an interesting thing to wake up to this morning to find that, hey, we had butterflies come out of their chrysalis in the house yesterday. That's a good thing. That uh, was definitely a good thing. What are we going to do at the turn of the year? I know everybody's going to go, oh, what's your, you know, what are you going to set as a goal for the year? What's your resolutions? Mine is to not make any resolutions. No, seriously. You make a resolution and you wind up breaking it. Then what do you say to yourself? I'm not going to make a resolution. I'm just going to enjoy my life. I hope to exercise more and I hope to eat better. But we'll see. We will see. Not going to be out in the insanity tonight. Don't need that. Not a big fan of the either the noise or the crowds. So I'm probably going to be watching all the events on TV and uh, kicking back. Thought about a pizza, but the poor pizza places are going to be swamped this evening. So I'm going to try something else. Um, probably make ourselves our own dish to enjoy. And no black-eyed peas. I'm sorry. I If I'm growing black-eyed peas, I'm growing them with the purpose of building up the soil. I don't like them. I don't like the taste of them at all. So we don't do the black-eyed peas for New Year's thing. Um, nope. Nope, that's uh, that's not going to happen. But I will put them in the ground for the purpose of improving my soil because they're quite effective at it. And they can handle our weather, especially in the summer, so much better than some of the other summer peas. But... Not growing them to eat. That uh, I know I'm not a true Texan. Um, can't be a true Texan if I'm not having black eyed peas on New Year's. Okay. 
okay, I, I guess I'll fail in that category. Going to be putting out some clover here soon, though. I, I still have pota uh, potatoes, duh. Tomatoes growing. They're turning red. I got a whole bunch of beautiful small red uh, tomatoes right now. Going to have a, a, a salad with them this week. But I'm going to get the old tomatoes and peppers pulled out and plant clover in that soil and let it grow for probably a couple of months at least. The rest of January, all of February, maybe some of March before I put new tomatoes in to hopefully improve the soil to really give it good tilt and to collect all kinds of nutrients to provide for my new tomatoes. But uh, I don't have to plant those seeds just quite yet. Maybe by next weekend, Not, don't know for sure. But since I'm still getting tomatoes, I'm not pulling the plant out yet. I'm letting them ripen on the vine. Peppers too. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, I have to break for the news. I'll catch you on the other side. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. You know what uh, else will be showing up in the nurseries? Talked about how the fruit trees will start coming in and uh, pecans. Well, if your nursery hasn't got them yet, they will soon, and that'll be onion sets. Yeah, it's that time of the year. You'll see the onion sets will be coming in um, probably four, five, maybe six different uh varieties they'll do well here remember you need to have short day onions because we have shorter days from now on and that'll help the onion bulb properly and you can get sets there's usually between 50 and 75 onions in a set. That's a lot of onions. They don't require a ton of help to become good big onions. But they'll start showing up at your nurseries too if they haven't already. Now, those of you who want to do onions by seed, you're kind of late. When you have seed onions, they're probably, they may say 10, 15 onions on them, right? What that means is that's when you plant them by October 15th, 10, 15. It's too late now to try to do onions by seed. 
uh, it'll be you'll be much less successful than if you had done it in October. Can be frustrating, but but you should be seeing onions showing up in your nurseries too. That was always something every year um, that we felt such pity for the UPS driver because. During January, we'd be doing work at the nursery, well, end of December, and we'd have to let him in because we were closed customers. And this poor UPS driver would unload 50 or more boxes of onions. And no matter what he did, his truck reeked of onions. For days and days and days after that. If somebody had a package shipped and it happened to be in the truck, same truck as the onions were, that package started smelling like onions. Really felt sorry for the guy. He he, he was pretty forgiving about it. You know, we we got along well with him and it was uh, a lot of work. And a lot of stink. Man, all of those boxes of onions, it was overwhelming when you opened his back doors. And because of the time of the year, he wasn't driving around with his doors open. So he's got them closed. And he was just stewing in onion the whole time he was driving them around. It was not... uh, Not a particularly happy time to be a UPS delivery driver, but got a lot of respect for them. They were able to get us what we needed and get them unloaded quickly so that we could provide everybody. We could provide everybody with onions. Now, some places may have them for you already. That's just the deal they worked out with the grower, which tends to be um, a farm called Dixondale. Some places get them earlier. Some places get them later. Just make sure you get the right type of onion, a short day onion. If you get a long day onion, it'll never bulb up correctly. And that'll be a disappointment to go ahead and put them all in and you don't get any real onions. And onions are great because if you harvest them carefully and you let them dry out properly so they get that skin on the outside, they can keep a couple of months. Now, if you really want to preserve those onions, slice them, and dry them. Or you can dice them and spread the onions out on a parchment paper-covered cookie sheet and put them in your freezer. Individually freeze each one of those little onion chunks. When they get good and frozen, get yourself a half cup or full cup measure Fill up the cup, put them in a a freezer bag, 
you can take them out when you're ready to use them. They'll stay frozen for six months or more. If you dry them, you can eat them just like potato chips. You will be amazed at how sweet they are. When you dry them, they really build up their sugar. When you dry them like that, you get them good and crisp. You can throw them in a spice grinder and you can make your own onion powder. Pretty simple thing to do. So we have onions coming. The nice thing about onions is when you get them in the ground, you really don't do much more to them till you pull them out. Prepare your planting bed. Maybe you're going to do a little fish emulsion or side dress with some cottonseed meal or something like that. And it's about six weeks or so, and they will grow just fine. We don't have a lot of pests for onions down here. There is a, a onion fly which will cause the bulb to rot, but even that is pretty unusual. So onions are great garden. I don't wanna be out in the cold. Okay, plant onions and leave them be. Once it starts warming up again where it's not so cold outside, then you can start harvesting them. So onions are a great fill for this time of the year. Uh, you can get a lot, a lot of onions. I had a four foot by, let's see, eight, 16, a four foot wide, 24 foot long bed and planted onions on the spacing you're supposed to. About just a little more than two inches apart. That year of harvest was amazing. I got onions at uh, more than a pound per square foot. That's pretty standard for raising onions. So I had a ton of them and we froze them and we dried them and we cooked them, we caramelized them. Man, that is the only way to serve onions. And all I had to do was plant them and come back and pull them. Now, that's a good garden. That's one low labor, great return. Oh, that's how we do it. What else can be going in now? Believe it or not, if you are doing beets or carrots, you can do those now also. So maybe you planted some two weeks ago, a month ago. Plant some more. Plant them in rows and alternate when you're planting them. You can leave beets and carrots in the ground as storage for a very long time. At least while it's this kind of cold, there's no need to pull them. 
Oh, great question about onions. Should you mulch your onion bed? Yes. Okay. You don't have to make it really thick, but two things happen. You protect them from the worst of the cold. So maybe an inch thick layer. Number two, it's a real pain to weed onions because you got to reach between each onion and, you know, you got to pull up the right thing. That mulch will help protect you from getting a lot of weeds in the onion bed. So mulching them is very effective. You can also use corn gluten because the onions are already growing. You don't have to worry about them germinating. So you plant your onions and then you dust with corn gluten the bed. Do it again in six weeks. That will help keep your um, weeds to a minimum in the onion bed. And what's more, it will fertilize them nicely without too much fertilizer. So if you're doing onions, you can corn gluten them once you've got them growing. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I got to take a quick break. I'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Welcome back, everybody. We have pretty promising weather coming this week. No freezes. Cooler temperatures, more normal temperatures that we should be getting, and rain. Not just one day's worth, a couple of days worth. Looks like the whole area would get it, including all of the watershed. That is where we most need it. We need to refill the aquifers. Now, fortunately, we're not looking for sleet or snow, or ice, just rain. It'll be cold rain, but uh, that's fine. Our plants will be okay with it. A lot of rain, eh, maybe half an inch to an inch. That's plenty. We'll start with that. That'll really help. Uh, that'll really help them out a lot. All of our plants are still still suffering from the drought because we're still in a drought. We're still in a severe drought. So look forward to the rain. Now it is, it is party night. So be careful out there folks. Um, Fortunately, it'll be dry, no rain. So if you're you're driving, you won't have that problem. But uh, keep an eye out. Keep an eye out. It's going to be a cold evening. It'll get down into the 40s for tonight. And 
that's always a bit chilly late at night. So, so it's a it's a nice time. We're going to celebrate a new year. We're going to welcome in 2024. Hopefully you got friends and family with you tonight to be able to celebrate. Now, um, got a question about growing ferns. Ferns do well here. There are several varieties of ferns that grow in the central Texas area. They do not grow in the sun. They don't want full sun. They can have dappled sun. They can have early morning sun, but they're generally going to be in a protected area that does not allow them to get full sun. Now the problem becomes what kind of fern do you want to grow? Because there's a lot of different varieties. If you handle the keep them out of the direct sun part, they tend to want a little more water than many plants do. You don't drown them, but you generally don't let them go completely dry. There are a lot of ferns and they can get quite large. It takes a few years for them to do so, but you want to uh, take that into account. Most of the nurseries that you would be buying, um, most of the nurseries where you would be buying ferns will have a selection and be able to give you the best guidance based on the fern that you purchased. Got asked this question before and got lots of comments of people who were like, don't leave them in direct sunlight. That was a curse. That was not what you wanted. They wanted to be in dappled sun or mostly shade or early morning sun, but not in direct sun, especially when summer gets here and it gets hot. So there are some specialty places in Austin that really do deal with ferns and they uh, have selections, all kinds of selections, depending on what you're looking for. So if you go to a nursery and you say, oh, wow, I really like that fern, get your information about them from the nursery, okay? They're gonna be the expert on how to care for that particular kind of fern. This kind of falls into the path of agaves and cacti also. There's so many different kinds and each one has slightly different care requirements. So make sure you're checking with the place you're getting them from. 
Um, that'll give you the best information so that you don't invest in one that doesn't um, that that doesn't um, wind up putting in the effort and it winds up dying. Now, I, I just got texted, my amaryllis isn't blooming. I'm having an impression that we're going to have that for a lot of people. It should bloom every year. It, it, it should bloom at least once a year. However, it needs cool temperatures. And considering the summer we came through, that wasn't cool temperatures. It wants a couple months to three months worth of super cool temperatures, meaning 45 to 55 degrees. Once it's done that, and during the time that it's doing this, don't water it. Don't water it while it's going through this chill. Once you get the chill done, then you can start watering it with a really light fertilizer, even at half strength, to get it to bloom again. But it needs that two to three months chill period to reset itself. Don't water it during this period of time. That's a good start for it. That's a good start for learning how to get them to grow. There are several um, there are several universities that dedicate um, dedicate to growing them. They have great informations on them. So plug into the search engines and put in how do I get my amaryllis to bloom? You will see some great information. I'm looking here. There's uh, University of Minnesota, University of Illinois, um, various garden supply companies uh, with real detail on how to get them to bloom again and again. And again and again means every year, once a year. They are not repeat bloomers, but Sticking them outside now probably wouldn't be a bad idea. Or putting them somewhere where they can stay that 45 to 55 degree range. Don't water them. Folks, this is gardening naturally. Get to say it. Sounds corny, but I will talk to you all again next year. I will... Uh, Talk to you next Saturday at 9 a.m. Have a happy and safe New Year's Eve this evening. I will talk to you then.